Welcome to Arcade Attack. A retro gaming podcast for up to four players. Welcome, listeners, to the latest Arcade Attack podcast. We're back. It's Adrian here. I'm going to sort of run the show today, but I'm aptly joined by my two partners in crime, Dylan. Hello. And back by popular demand, Kev. Hello. Back from, when was the last time you were on the podcast? <laughs> A year ago? Sometime in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's been flying around in inner space. We rescued him and... I was, to... yeah, I was on the podcast when they weren't retro. <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah. we basically said we've got to bring the fun back. <laughs> so if you need to bring the fun back, you've got to bring the cave back. Yeah, yeah. That's the beers. And the beers. <laughs> the opposite <laughs> of a fun sponge. And definitely. the gin. We are. No, this is no thanks to Lenovo, by the way, this, this <laughs> podcast. Lenovo can suck my fat one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, Sorry. guys. Sorry. <laughs> Technical difficulties have preceded this episode. <laughs> well, we got here in the end. We did, we did. And actually, it's apt that we're going to talk about a futuristic game now where surely every computer will be user-friendly and easy to podcast on. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Bioforge. Bioforge. Dum, dum, dum. It's a, um, it's a game that I had as a kid. Um, I kind of spoke about the story of how I got this game um, in a previous pod about how we can't really be objective at our first games. Yes. I spoke about my paper round and how I saved up for weeks and weeks and months and months until finally we had enough money to buy a Pentium, a Pentium PC. Man. <laughs> it was in the mid-90s. And actually, a uh, little, little caveat to that story. Um, I feel a bit... Cathartism, I'm going to say. Cathart. Cathart. Away, my friend. Um, sometimes, when we weren't in the mood, we used to dump... Some of the papers in the in the woods. Shocking. No. They're like slight handy. <laughs> but whenever I see people doing paper rounds these days, they're yeah. adults, they're not kids. Yeah. I never see kids doing paper rounds. 
That's I didn't even true. know there were still newspapers. <laughs> like, I, <don't, laughs> I didn't think... Dylan's living think, in the future. <laughs> I didn't think newspapers yeah. were a thing anymore. I don't really pay attention to them, let's be honest. Well, I think they're all logbooks. Bit of an in-joke, a bioforge in-joke eh, eh, there. Eh. Um, anyway, it, it, I finally got this great PC and bundled with this Pentium PC, this, this powerhouse. I had two games, High Octane, which, you know... Great game. Great game. Great you know, game. And yeah. a game I'd never heard of before. Bioforge. That's mad. Bioforge <laughs> came free with your PC. <laughs> it's a sign of quality, my friend. They don't do that these days. You can't just get a PC with bundled games now, can you? No, that's right. It's just a PC is a PC. I think the reason they did bundle the game is because, we're going to a bit more detail later, but Bioforge, it showed off the graphics at the time. Yeah. I'm yeah. talking 3D rendered graphics, amazing quality, you know, voice acting. Voice acting, yeah. Um, and it, it blew me away. It was a game I probably would never have played or even thought of playing unless I got it for free or bundled with the PC. So <laughs> absolutely incredible. And it's not a game I think that gets enough attention. So it doesn't get any attention, mate. I literally, when you said, <laughs> when you said you were doing this, I had to go on YouTube and watch a video of it because <laughs> I never heard of it. Kev knows it well, does he? I just played it like, like <laughs> he plays it every week. <laughs> a bioforge. Oh. Yeah. Is. <laughs> well, what can I say about Bioforge? <laughs> what can't you Apart say? Apart from I've watched a uh, five minutes of a walkthrough. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily I've I've watched a bit more and I've played a bit more than just that. So let's get right into it. Um, Bioforge, I would class as an adventure game. Okay, an adventure game, um, shooting, fighting, puzzle elements, but traditionally more of a sort of adventure game, similar to I'd say Alone in the Dark, sort of Resident Evil sort of vibes to it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And it was developed by Origin Systems. Oh, big company. I know them well. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> no, we, no, they, they, hey, they got a stamp of, um, real stamp of quality actually, because they were involved in the Wing Commander games, which we are fans of. Which, uh, Wing Commander 2 came bundled with my PC. My Interesting. 33 megahertz PC back in, I don't know when it was. There you go. So, I think they might have had a bit of a deal going on with Microsoft there, haven't they? <laughs> They're like, well, we could sell our games, but why don't we just bundle them with your PCs and that, just so you can play them? So. Well, Microsoft's game offerings at the time were limited to what, minefield. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was about as much as they did. <laughs> well, so it was a good deal for both. It was a good deal good for both. Deal. I think it was a good deal for both. Good deal, good deal. And um, the game was obviously developed by Origin and published by EA Sport, EA Arts, basically EA Sports. Can you imagine? Um, for Microsoft Windows and DOS, so it's only available in those two areas. Um, it was actually marketed originally as a movie-like production, so it really was almost yeah. like an interactive movie. Yeah, yeah. Which you I know, can see that. It, at the time, that was quite a big deal. I think it sometimes gets a bad name, doesn't it? Sort of interactive movie sort of games, FMV and all a that. A bit, yeah. It does. Um, but they sort of market it in the sense it's got a really in-depth plot, extensive voice acting. I'm saying 22 different actors at the time were in this game. That's doing mad. Their voices. That's yeah. like more than, that's more than a lot of films. Yeah. Actually, it's quite aligned to the Wing Commander series. Yes. So definitely not Wing Commander 2 because that was all text-based, but the later ones. Yeah, with like Mark Hamill and stuff, wasn't that, it? There, so. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Um, so, well, look, very, very hardware demanding. So in 1995, must be the sort of time I played this game. It required an eight megabits, uh, megabytes of RAM, a 486 CPU and 33 hertz at least. So this was due to its use of texture-mapped, detailed 3D models and software rendering. 
So you needed some pretty, pretty powerful machine to play this this game. I tell Man, you, I was I had an Amiga and <laughs> I had a two megabyte Amiga in '94. So I, <laughs> I, I dread to think what Biofalls would look like on your Amiga. It, it would, wouldn't have run. <laughs> it, just, yeah. it would have just gone. Nah. Um, just to sort of wet the whistle a little bit, it's a game in first. Bioforge is a game in first. It's got the it's got an accolade for being the first game to do something. Do you want to have a guess what it is? Uh, to become sentient. No. Um, <laughs> Good shout. Kev's really thinking now. I so. am really thinking. It takes a long time. It's the <laughs> first game to use three D limbs. That's close. That's close. I've got here. It's the first ever game. So Bioforge is the first ever game to showcase fully 3D and textured mapped characters. Okay. That makes sense. So it's, you know, it's not going to say it's the first ever 3D game. Yeah. But 3D characters would just have like... It looks very much like a PlayStation 1 game, doesn't it? It does. It does actually, like, to be I fair. I feel like the PlayStation 1 has... Has yeah, really like yeah. Well, I think that's a fair point. I think I can see some similarities, mm-hmm. especially when I play the game. It reminds me a bit of the earlier Resident Evil sort of games. Yes, and um, I don't, you know, I think actually they might have got some ideas from BioForge, if I'm being honest. So, a lot of people actually do match this game as well to Alone in the Dark, as I mentioned earlier. I used to like a bit of the Alone in the Dark back in the days. Um, yeah, never really got, mm, yeah. but it's um. This, it has set backgrounds with fully 3D characters with Dylan's favourite tank controls. I love tank controls. And I'd say, very impressed with the graphics. Yeah. I think. It's like, I think it looks great. It's so 90s. <laughs> it is. It's like a, science-y, like, like a 90s sci-fi loveliness. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just so looks like Rise of the Robots as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I think it's a slightly higher calibre, personally. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely, it's, it's so nice. It released the same year, though. That's funny. 94. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, so this is a 1995 game, wasn't it? So I feel like they've borrowed a lot of the plot and things off each other. I've got the plot later, so we'll oh, see. Yeah, we will yeah, see. Um, so the game is a mixture. Of, it's an adventure game, so it's exploration, solving puzzles, picking up items. Uh, there's also fighting elements. Um, so you can actually do kicks, punches, roundhouse kicks. There's a lot of different uh, fighting moves. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, though, it's, it's that's one of the weaker elements of the game. We'll talk a bit more about that later, about the sort of game controls. Um, but yeah, you've got hand-to-hand combat, lasers. Um, it... It also reminds me of Fade to Black as well, which I spoke to you earlier, didn't I? Didn't oh, show yeah. It? So it's yeah. got little similarities. The people involved in this game, there's a big list, but I'll go for the main players. We've got Eric uh, Hyman. Mm-hmm. He was the producer. Executive producer was Richard Garriott. Yes. Better known as Lord British. Dick. No, Lord British. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a legend in the gaming industry, actually. <laughs> and the director was something called Ken Demarest. Ken Demarest. Hello, and Ken. We like Ken because, <coughs> excuse me, he's he's come back to us with an interview, hasn't he? So yep, the interview can... will be linked to the old podcast notes there, so everyone can have a good read of that afterwards. We did. If you've so not seen it already. Ken's done a lot in his career. He's done Ultima games. He's done Wing Commander games. Of course, Bioforge. Legend, really. He really our, is a legend in our circles. Yeah. Um, so please check out the interview. I'm going to read out a few of his answers for this game as well. The script is Jack Herman, and the art director is Bruce Lemons. There you go. So if life gives you lemons, make Bioforge. That's my <laughs> advice. Sorry, Bruce. Bad joke. That's, that's a first. <laughs> um, yeah, so as I said, guys, Origin are probably best known for the Wing Commander games and the Ultima games, which... Everyone loves huge, those Ultima games, Huge right? fans. Yeah. 
just having a beer because this is going to, um, I think this is going to be the, the, the Adrian's bit. Adrian's got a lot of notes, guys. Like, I do. You haven't seen how many notes he's got here. So have another swig, dude. Have another, another swig. swig. Have another swig. Just, just warning you listeners, back of the box time now. Or back of the box. <laughs> we love a bit of back of the box. Right. So the back of the box for Bioforge. Here we go. Bioforge is about a nightmare made real. You don't know where you are or who is in control. Even the most essential concepts of identity have been stripped from your mind. Oh my god! So it is. That's that's basically the plot of the game. You you wake up. You're a cyborg. You've had loads of dodgy operations done to you. You don't know what's going on. You have to discover yourself. Find out who you are. I kind of feel like you know. You, so you said you touched on it later. The, the, the control issues with this game. Yeah. And I think almost the back of the box just gave it away. You don't know who's in control. That's a tad mean. <laughs> Even when you try and control it, you have no idea who's, who's controlling it. Well, let, let's go in a bit more. So it says only the realization that something is not as it should be mm. um, makes you take control of your destiny to rise, seek answers, and fend for yourself in an insane and nebulous reality. No. Make your way through a different indoor and outdoor environments and get swept into a breathtaking drama upon which the fate of the universe depends. So there uh, you go, pressure. The fate of the universe. Okay, they've, 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 they've over-egged the plot a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Well, no, it says here, when you break free of your security cell, you enter a laboratory set on the ruins of an ancient and long-dead alien civilization. No. Oh. The work of research archaeologists have been interrupted by the uh, the machine uh, 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 machinations I can't even say that word properly of the scheming scientist who plans to use the advanced alien technology for of his own ends. Ooh, now, there's always one. There's always one. Now that you've es- escaped, the whole of his forces are, are leaged against you, and the situation accelerates when uh, reinforcements arrive. There is a hostile alien on the prowl, a time critical emergency situation to bring under control and a tantalizing entrance to the alien civilization to investigate. Fighting your way through superior forces vies with the need to discover alternative ways of manipulating yourself and others in this exciting environment. As game programming becomes more like commercial movie production, Origin needs uh, compelling realistic characters that evoke deeper reactions from game players. The response to this need is the three-dimensional figures concede and develop recently at Origin. <clears throat> the system for a- animating lifelike sy- synthetic actors, Salsa... Yeah, okay, Salsa, all right, why was, did they do that? ...was <laughs> created to design figures that are more than just two-dimensional pictures. Now, this game, oh man, you, you've seen... I think uh, I was speaking to a super fan, I'll I, I mention his name a bit later, but he was telling me about this game. That's one of the first games to really sort of um, bring cameras onto humans. So you've, you've mm-hmm. seen the athletes, <coughs> yeah, being camered up, getting the sense of them. It is, they were literally filming how humans really reacted, like ex- exoskeletons. Absolutely incredible, mm-hmm. really amazing. Um, so the use of camera shots in fully rendered sets, along with detailed realism, creates a movie-like feel, which sets Bioforge ahead of all other role-playing games in the market. It would have done, I yeah. suppose, at the time, because you look at it now, and like I say, my, my experience of it is watching a YouTube video, but yeah. wowzers, shivers. And I was, I was very, very impressed by what I saw, to be honest, given when it was made. Yeah. Like, yeah. like how did they even do that in You in look at a lot, of, a lot yeah. of the games at the time used sprites, so even mm-hmm. if it was a 3D world, it was a 2D sprite for yeah. the 
enemies and whatnot, and this wasn't. 100%. Well, I, I've watched some videos actually about how this was made, and it shows Ken Demarest and uh, another another person we'll talk later a bit more about called um, Star Long, and it just shows him filming um, the animation scene. So Star Long was, uh, had the suits... Uh, those little white balls all around. Do you understand? Stuck yeah, little white balls. You know what yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah. And it sort of just tracks it, the computer. Why do tracks. I think of Why do I think of Wayne Rooney whenever I think of that suit? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Wayne. Ugh, white get out of my head. <laughs> but it's it's when I played this game. Oh man, it blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. So voice acting, uh, the the 3D graphics, it was amazing. And I think you know it doesn't get the credit. Going deserves. from Amiga to this is pretty mad because yep. you know you've been playing 2D, yeah, exactly, point and click games a lot. Our Sonics and things, and then yeah. you start playing this, which pretty much looks, you know, on level of Resident Evil, which would have come a few years after. Yeah, that's mad. And you that's had all of this crazy. before we got and anything, quite anything near see it. How some of those games would have borrowed a lot of concepts from this. Oh, definitely, thing. definitely. Yeah. The 100%. more you watch it, the more you realise the Bioforge has kind of laid down, laid down the, the yeah. foundations for a lot of those games. I, I do. I really think that. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the box, I don't usually talk about the front of the box, do I? You never talk about the front. Of, we don't actually have a front of the box segment on Arcade. <laughs> we it's not, well, it's not a thing. We, it starts now because the front of the box won an award, believe it or not. Wow. The Bioforge artwork. Front of the box of the year award. Front well, of the box of the year award. I'll tell you the official, <laughs> it's close. That is close. It says here, the box cover for Bioforge was a unique design. So unusual, in fact, that the advertisement for the game, uh, that using the box cover, obviously, actually won an award. It's called the Graphic Design USA Award, uh, awarded Origin Systems, the American Graphic Design Award for the Bioforge ad. So Just the hand in it, like a cyborg hand. Now, yeah, the hand, I mean, it's a very simple, it's a black box, little text, it's got the Bioforge font, but the thing that stands out is a big, almost fluorescent green alien sort of x-ray hand. It's, it's a simple design, but it really adds to the, uh, the mystique of the it's game. It's quite spooky. Yeah. It's quite, yeah. like, uh, it's pretty good. I love it. I, I, I personally, it's brilliant. Um, and uh, we'll talk a bit more about the graphics later, and, and a bit more about these, uh, the artwork involved. Nice, nice, nice. Mm. I like these things. Right, <clears throat> I'm going to pronounce this wrong, I think, but I've got some, the story of the game. I kind of went into a little bit of detail there, but you want the sort of detailed? I told you it's a complex plot. I want the summary. It's freaky. It's freaky, man. <laughs> so Give me the detail. Here you go. This is the story. Ready? So sit back, listeners. And if, if this doesn't tempt you to play Bioforge, I don't think anything else will. So here we go. <laughs> In the far future, the known universe is ruled by an organization known as the Rectilicum. There is also an opposite fanatical group of religious extremists known as the Mondites, who believe in the evolution of man through machine by cybernetic implants and aspire to galactic conquest under the direction of their insane leader, the Prime Paragon. So these Mondites, they basically want to play around with humans. They want to t- oh hell bring, yeah, they do. They want to turn normal organs. Uh, they want to incorporate technology involved. It's actually crazy, and you see some quite defigured, quite dark, quite scary looking uh, sort of humans and oh, uh, creatures. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I know Dylan mentioned earlier said, "Well, what is a T Rex now?" But it's not just a T Rex. It had robotic areas. It was it, like a raptor, wasn't it? Like a velociraptor, but they'd yeah. they'd whacked. Like cyborg bits on it. <laughs> exactly. It's quite a dark game. I have it's to say. Very it's dark. Very it's very dark. spooky. <laughs> so here we go. Years ago, a rectilicum ship called Ambassadoria made contact with an ancient spaceship containing alien remains in stasis. One alien was transferred to the ship for examination. However, it returned to life 
and destroyed everything until the ship self-destructs after her captain recorded a log. Little question there. Why yeah. would you keep alien remains in stasis? Why would you not keep the alien in stasis? I don't know. I think there's some freaky amputations going on. So I think they're using bits on this, bits of that, and sort of... Me- I, I think that's what they're talking about. Sort of using remains they, on they other get, creatures. They get, they, yeah, so they've done their experiments. <laughs> yeah. You know, like Just, when I... When I try and put consoles back together, <laughs> yeah, I've got like all the bits. How left many over. consoles have you got in stasis right now, Dylan? A couple. <laughs> so you you are a Monday, aren't you, Dylan? Just a minute. <laughs> so, but guys, this is before the game. This is kind of this sets up what's happening. So, uh, this ship that you spoiler alert that you have to sort of uh, traverse through is is in, in anarchy. It's destroyed. There's there's creatures running about. So yeah, the Mondites, however, received a distress call before the Reptilicum could be notified. Through studying the black box and the rem- remains, they finally discover the alien's homeworld, a, mo- a moon which they call Dabulus, named after the Greek myth, in a remote sector of the galaxy and established a base while investigating the ruins the aliens left behind. A sentient race known as the Phoenix, hopefully I pronounced that right, who were long, uh, who were long thought to be extinct. To their, to their end, the Mondites abduct people and subject them on a Dabulus. For their experiments, a mad scientist called Doctor Mastaba, who is the base commander and the head of the ABBA project. What do you, reckon, oh, why? What do you think the ABBA project stands for? Um, Agnita, Bjorn, <laughs> Benny, and <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a clue. It's nothing to do with the, the Swedish. Is Swedish? The yeah, pop the band. Swedish. And it's only one B, so it's ABBA. A B A. Ah, boo! So Bjorn wasn't there. No, it stands for the assassin biologically augmented <clears throat> and they conduct these experiments under the guise of a scientific research. So it turned you into an assassin? Yeah. Is that they, what they're trying well, to do? So when you've woken up as this guy, yep. you're meant to be like a cyborg assassin. The, the ultimate killer machine. Who uses other people's limbs to beat them to death. Biologically augmented assassin, eh? Yes. An augmented... An, <laughs> an augmented well, yeah. assassin. It says here they want to mutilate the bodies of, the, of, of their victims in an attempt to turn them into the ultimate killer machine. Oh, crikey. So, however, everyone is so far has ended up either dead or insane. So, you're, you're like an, you're a guinea pig. So, it's kind of like Robocop before they made Robocop. Yes, it is like Robocop. It is like Robocop after they made Robocop. Well, no, because they, before they made Robocop, they made lots of failed Robocops. Yeah. Ah. And they all ended up insane or dead, I think. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, I tell you what Robocop went wrong, though, because it said here, using technology borrowed from the Fix. P-H-Y-X-X, the Mondites have finally succeeded in their experiments. Damn it! But when one of the aliens is accidentally revived from suspended animation in its tomb, it goes on a rampage through the complex, damaging the reactor and killing half of the base personnel in the process. So that sets up what's happened. Yes. And now we, now we get involved. So the player takes on the role of a cyborg whose original identity is based on how the player responds to various events in the game. Now, I can't think of many games in 1995 or before where you can... Where there's multiple endings, or at least you can find different sort of identities, but what, the way you play. That doesn't seem to make any sense, because how can you change who you are? So, mm. I guess if you play a vi- very violent game... Yeah. Then, then it will say that you're the violent guy. Yeah. Mm. If you now, play a very kind of puzzle-like game, then maybe you're a... I don't know the internet. Puzzler. Puzzler. You're like a crossword freak. <laughs> yes. Possibly. Yeah. Sudoku. <laughs> Sudoku. Sudoku. Okay. I actually think that's quite a clever element Longs of the game. Crosses. I do. Okay, all right. I'm, <coughs> You're I'm, not a fan? I'm jumping on board with it. I mean, I, okay. 
I think if if you're going to start off as a character, you are that person. I, I don't see how it's odd how how you play the game affects who you are. It's it's quite meta. It's, it's quite, quite meta. meta. Nice to be honest, because it's a bit different. You could replay it. It's and a bit end different up with a slightly different story, right? If you, yeah, so it adds a bit more playability. Yeah, it does. You can replayability. Yeah. Although, obviously, when you start the game, or pretty much all of the game, you have no name. So you're known as, do you want to hear what your name is in the game? Experimental Unit AP-127. That's catchy. <laughs> AP-127. Yep. Hey, AP-127, do you want to come around for a few beers? <laughs> Just friend Ed 209 over here. Just don't, yeah, don't invite AP-126. Never invite that guy. T-100's oh. on his way. <laughs> I'm definitely not inviting Ed 209. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, hell no. Well... AP-127, you, you awaken in your cell on Dabulus with no prior memories. After escaping the cell, the player seems to be on the one of the scants of survivors of the incident that has devastated the station. You must unravel the truth about yourself, the research station, the bizarre Mondite cult that controls it, and the mysterious ancient alien race that was once inhabited the moon. Now, that's... That's a deep game, I think. That, you can already see. Um, Who actually came up with the plot? Was it Ken? Uh, I don't know. I think Ken was involved. But I've got the script right here again. Let me just give him another bit of a credit. Oh, it's something Herman, was Jack it? Herman, yeah. Jack so Herman. fair play to him. Um, how the game starts. I love the start of the game. <clears throat> so you wake up. You have to destroy a nurse bot. So it's a bit mean, really. This nurse bot is flying machines trying to make you, well, get you better, really. Um, or how possibly, just... like, you know make you some kind of cyborg type Maybe, thing. yeah. How would you describe yourself? You're kind of humanoid, you've got sort of metal plates. You're a cyborg. You're a, you're a, cyborg, you're a cyborg. cyborg. Yeah. But this nurse bot definitely isn't one of these people trying to like append no. different limbs to No, it's just, the, no, it's just the weird robot thing under their control. It's not like that weird... You, do, do you see the intro when I was watching it? I missed the intro. The intro is like a really evil guy with a circular saw and he's like slicing you up and it's like a... Like a he That's looks the, like a... Probably the doctor be, we're talking about. It's meant to be that... Yeah, so that's that. So the nurse bot is an actual, just like a robot thing. Yeah. So it's different. Okay. Well, well the nurse bot is trying to keep you in the cell, isn't so she? So why would yeah. you... Oh, okay, so you kill her because she's... Yeah, if you, you got to get the hell out of there. Yeah, if you wake yeah. up from your bed, the nurse bot, please return to your bed. But you kick the nurse bot into the electric jail cell <laughs> door, destroy it's, the nurse bot, and then you can escape. I mean, is it a female nurse bot? <laughs> it's got a sort of female voice. It's got, yeah. Um, I know. I mean, can robots have genders? Why not? Hey, let's, let's just do I'm going to do it. Paulie made Rocky Four robot female, so there you go. Yeah, Rocky Four robot had both had both genders. So Paulie got involved in this nurse bot, <laughs> obviously. Thanks. Maybe Paulie. it's a gender fluid robot. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We like a bit of we're that on too. board. Yeah, we're on board for that. Um, so yeah, you you can eat. It's pretty easy to escape your jail, and the the set backgrounds. If you move into certain bits, new camera angles. So it's very, got fixed camera, yeah, fixed camera <laughs> angles like Resident Evil, very well, Resident Evil wish, yeah. very good looking fixed camera angles. Lovely, for, again, love the graphics. Ninety four PC game. Hello. Exactly. Now, I feel a bit sorry for this guy. I, I can't remember what his name is, but there's like a sort of slow sort of turquoise beast in another opposite uh, jail cell, isn't it? Oh, he? this this bit was tragic. You you made me watch this. Bit. I know because I find it quite. Morose, but quite funny. I don't know. But outside the jail cell is a severed limb, a severed arm. It's just an arm. Just and when you pick around. it up, it says a severed arm. Very nonchalant. <laughs> it's just a severed arm. I'm, I'm going to go. Uh, sorry, I'm going to go off on a massive tangent again. <laughs> I was outside work the other day, and do you know what fell from the? Sky? Oh no, I don't a wanna... severed limb. <laughs> a severed um, bird's wing. Oh no. Oh, that was that's pretty close to an arm. But now, it just fell from the sky. 
about ten foot away. <laughs> Tell me you didn't pick up this wing and use it to fight the already wounded animal. I mean, I did. No. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Where was the rest of the bird? Well, so my guess is it blew off the roof in a windy day. Because I can't see that there was no rest of the birds. Um, wow. How did the bird come detached? Oh, there's too many questions about the bird and the wing, man. Confusing, man. <laughs> it's too Sorry, much. too big a tangent. It's too bug. Oh, Not relevant. So. It's twisting my melon, man. <laughs> but you pick up this severed arm like it's a, a like some sort of... Possibly wing. It's an alien. So. Exactly. Possibly wing. And like um, his, his door, he's quite slow, but his door flickers. The, the lasers flicker. So if you time it right... You can get in there. You can get in there. You can sneak in there. If you time it wrong, you die. <laughs> yeah. Now... So what you should do, in, the, in your jail actually there's a piece of meat obviously to feed you, but you, if, you, if you put this meat on the floor, I think you can distract this beast. I feel a bit sorry calling him a beast really. And while he's, be, while he's eating the meat, you can attack him a lot easier. Or you can just go hand to hand or severed arm to hand combat. You beat him with his own arm. <laughs> and what I like about it, when you beat him, he said, the character um, AP127 goes, we should work together. <laughs> Hit the, and then beat the man. I have no harm, wish to harm you. Then attack again. <laughs> We should not be enemies. <laughs> That's exactly what you say. When so you're he's kind of lying the whole way through, yeah. I have to say. He is. And actually, at the end, he says, I think he says, uh, I'm sorry, we're both, we are both um, victims. We're both victims, even though you're the one who's dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, but this just sets up the game really, really, I just remember that, but it's the start of the game. It's really quite right in there. Um, what games can you pick up severed li- limbs, I tell you? <laughs> not many. I don't think you get that in Monkey Island. No, that's true. That is true. And very good uh, voices, to be honest. I um, like the sound on the voice. I do well. like the cyborg's voice. It's very kind of stoic and quite sort of old-fashioned, isn't it? It is, yeah. I am Bioforge. I will pick up a severed arm. <laughs> we should not be enemies. We should not be enemies, but I'm going to beat you with your arm anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, that's the sort of plot. That's how the game starts. Let's talk about the gameplay a bit more. Okay, let's talk about <coughs> how the game actually works. So... It really is an exploration, puzzle-solving sort of game. So you have to use items, um, you have to fight, you have to interact with other NPCs. But actually, the ultimate goal of the game is not obvious at the beginning, since you do not know your identity. So I, yeah, and, and depending on your actions, the play, you know, it, you, you, you work out who you are towards the end, so it can change things. Um, yeah, so it's quite. I remember playing this game in 1995, 96, you know, many, many moons ago, and I, I didn't know really what the point of the game was. I was walking around trying to get through different areas. It's not clear, but I think that was quite clever. And apparently, it was a deliberate idea of Ken Demarest and Jack Herman. Um, yeah, and actually, the, Richard Garriott, he helped kick off the interactive movie thing, and he actually wrote about this. So he wrote about this game. He says, interactive movies have become a buzzword, so it's being applied to games which really aren't. Just because a game has a, a FMV, that doesn't automatically make it an interactive movie mm-hmm, yeah. because you have very little control over the actor. Neither is a game in which you click on an icon then sit back and watch a scene take place. So they're, they're trying to rewrite the script of how an interactive movie sort of game should be done. Mm-hmm. And I think they kind of pulled it off, especially in, in, in those days, personally. Um, so yeah, you can, you can rotate left and right. You can walk back and forwards. You can actually sidestep as well. You can sidle. And it, if you sidestep, you can sort of sneak past enemies very slowly, but you can. Um, 
And you can actually enter a combat stance as well. And there's loads and loads and loads of different kicks and punch movements, but it's very slow, isn't it? I don't remember seeing it, Dylan, on the screen. It's not, I mean, people would say, oh, what, what about this lag? This lag is awful. No, yeah. that you're actually playing the game. <laughs> your, like, your roundhouse kick is so slow that in real life, you can dodge it about a million times. I mean, in its defense, it's not like a fighting game. That's yeah. not the main purpose to it. They kind yeah. of had so to match it in there. It's this 3D world all, all kind of catered into it. So. Yeah. It is. You know, I, and I, I would defend this game to, to, in most areas, but the combat, I would say, is a bit, well, it's very clunky. It's not, it's sometimes mm. hard to really, because of the camera angles changing all the time, um, it's some, it can be quite hard to know where you're going. And with tank controls, if you go into a new screen, you have to sort of readjust you, your whole thinking. Yeah. And you have to keep, obviously, the, if you want to keep running, you have to keep the up yeah. key held down or whatever. Yeah, and there is um, also uh, you can actually get lasers later on. The lasers are brilliant. You can sort of deflect the lasers off walls, rebound them to attack enemies, and it, yeah. it's a bit of skill actually. It's not just Rambo style. If you sort of that bit was definitely ripped off in Fade to Black because yeah. they had those bouncy mines that you can throw around corners. Quite possibly, and it yeah, they but definitely this, ripped off by the, the physics in this game. Apparently, are top notch. They're like really accurate. So I. You can, if you just a slight movement, you can change the tilt slightly, and the mm-hmm. rebounds are very accurate. Actually, you have to yeah. say, um, yeah, combat is awkward, and it has a steep learning curve since enemies must be faced at precisely the correct rotation angle for attacks to be uh, to really connect. So it, it's fiddly, isn't it? It's fiddly. That, you know, I, I will defend the game, but not. I can't in that. You'd kind of hope there is some kind of automatic adjustment to kind of help. Yeah, point a bit you, of, to be honest, a bit of yeah, a bit more margin for error. That's yeah, right. That's it. Yeah. That's right. Oh well. Um, yeah. So like I said, guys, camera angles are fixed, so the view can change in unpredictable manners, and it's sometimes hard to know. It's not when you just enter a new room the camera changes, and it, it's kind of good, really. Different parts of the room, it shows off the graphics, so it shows different areas. But you have to, you have to be ready to move accordingly, definitely. Um, right. So the body of the player, I love this guy. So the body of your main character <coughs> is actually exchangeable and actually de- depletable. So you can actually imp- you can get suits, you can um, you can heal yourself, and what's really clever. If you get hurt in the game, you see it on your body. You see the blood. You move differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's little things like that. They could have just said, oh, you know. Here's a, here's a life meter. It will go down. Yeah. This is where I think that actually it's ahead of its day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of games were doing that. Nope. I think any games were doing that kind of thing. Then. Well, think about it, guys. It's This is this is the first game they've shown 3D textured polygons moving. Yeah. And it's not that, just that. that if you get itself, injured, yeah. That in itself is a massive step, right? It is. But then to factor in all this additional realism. Tell I me think about it's it. It's quite a feat. So yeah. those polygons, those texture polygons to react to getting hurt, it's absolutely incredible, actually. You know, I'm not saying it's pristine graphics, but just to attempt it back then, so it's actually amazing. Like uh, if you hurt your leg, do you start to kind of stumble? Maybe? Yeah, I believe so. You you actually do. You, you walk a lot slower. You have to sort of drag your legs along a bit so more. That's pretty decent, very clever. That is pretty clever. It is actually. Um, you have to. You have to swap between different batteries, different weapons, and it, that's where the sort of puzzle and the the adventure elements come into it. You can't just you. you you know, there's different options throughout the game, and you have, to, you have to use your brain a bit. Do I need my lasers? Do I need this sort of um, sort of a protective armor, for example? Um, so, for example, there's a bit in the game, a bit further on, where you have to sort of uh, explore an archaeological dig. To do that, you need your protective armor. If not, you will not survive the harsh atmosphere outside the facility. So, if you go outside, you have to be very clever. Yeah, you have to play around with it. 
Um, selected objects are shown carried in the left hand of the player and several hand-to-hand and ranged weapons as well as batteries and other large or one-use objects can also be carried, uh, I believe, on the right hand, which you can't store in your infantry. So again, you have to... So this would around. be your seven arms. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, much of the game's plot is finding and reading logs so uh, on the floor or PDAs and... You read these logs. It's quite a lot of reading, actually, in the game, which, you know, it's I mean, a complex plot. Having not played it, how how did you find that that affected gameplay? Because it certainly seemed to slow things down a little bit. Well, reading all the... To, yeah. yeah, a little bit more reading than you necessarily want. You do have to read it, though, because there are certain puzzles that give you, you know, ways to open doors and so forth. You have to read them. But, yeah, for me... They're a bit long, aren't they? They're a bit long. <laughs> let's be honest. But let's be honest. Back then, I was into my adventure point-and-click games, a lot of reading then anyway. But you're right... It, you said that Universe had too much text. <laughs> I did day. say that. We <laughs> spoke about Universe. <laughs> we did. You said it's got too much text. Oh my God. Like, you know, reading the stuff in Bioforge. Come on. Yeah, it was, you know. But again, it's quite good graphics with the hand. You use your sort of free-fingered hand moving around, clicking yes. around, which is always quite fun. Um, yeah, so as the plot progresses, the main character, you all automatically update your, your own sort of diary logbook. So you can read it. If you've missed little clues early, you can sort of look back and it sort of stores what you've done. So there's all little clues what to do. Um, yeah. A large portion of the puzzle element relies on access and control and computer terminals in order to remotely control robots. Uh, so you can actually move robots around, open doors, bypass security systems. The puzzles are integrated with the plot and several have a time limit, which again, n- nothing wrong with that per se, but the controls are clunky. Especially with different camera angles, sometimes fi- solving the puzzles at high, you know, really quick time limits is very difficult. I have to say. And so, what happens if you don't solve them in the time? Um, I think you might die. That's a question. Actually, I can't remember now. I think you might die actually, but uh, you you can die often. So the if game. you die, you go back to the last checkpoint. I think so. You have to save it. You have to save often. Uh, save uh, your game often, guys. Trust me. Um, right. Just don't want to ruin the end of the game, guys. But it does kind of end rather abruptly. Um, it's not the best ending to a game you'll ever see. It's not. Um, spoiler alert, the game ends rather abruptly after the player escapes Dabulus in an experimental spacecraft in, in the wake of the, the player gets welded into the plane. <laughs> you do. So, I mean, <laughs> you, you kind of think, whoa, I've escaped. That's really good. And then that's just the end. Is that it's the end, with? dot, dot, dot. So I've got something to add to the end. So we'll talk about that a bit later. Um, exactly. Dylan's on tenderhooks. So, Bioforge was, uh, like I said, developed by Origin by a core team of 10 people. And the main director is, like I said, Ken Demarest. And it took two years to make this. So, you know. Two years, man. 1993 to 1995. The working title for the game was called Interactive Movie 1. Interactive Movie (laughs) 1? Yeah. Oh, God, I'm glad they renamed it. And then they later said it wasn't an interactive movie. No, no, to be fair, they were having a go at the previous games. Yeah, they were trying to rewrite the rule book a bit. Fair enough. Um, Oh, I love this, guys. The animations were created using the rotoscope technique on live actor movements called Flock of Birds (laughs) on body motion director systems. And they used an in-house system called... um, yeah, I told you guys, it's called Salsa, which 
previously kind of similar technology was being used to watch how athletes perform certain certain skills and certain things to you know to help future athletes learn so it's one of the first real games to reuse sort of real-time 3d human movements in a game absolutely incredible it's great man and i mean that is kind of groundbreaking in itself i think you know yeah and um uh, guys I, I i'll give a bit more feedback later but I posted my sort of questions on an MS DOS Facebook group because I thought they might have some quite uh, information or. I don't know if Facebook was on DOS. To be honest, <laughs> it's a really popular group. It's called, I think it's called MS DOS Gaming. <clears throat> so I put it on there. I said, look, guys, Bioforge, I'm back to your podcast. And I got quite a few, um, bits of feedback, but I have to say Origin's biggest fan. And it, uh, this is, I, I think there's no one bigger, a gentleman called Joe Garrity. And when I, was, I actually spoke to him uh, yesterday, of recording this podcast, and he was on his way. Are you ready for this, Dylan? Yeah. An Ultima Festival. Ultima Festival. And he's got some, oh Ultima God. has got some huge fans, and he literally he's, he said, "Look, you, you caught me at a good time. I'm about to leave for my festival. We do it once a year, and we're up for some revelry and drinking." <laughs> oh so my God! All the Ultima fans in the, in the US have got together. Now he's he showed me. He, I was speaking to him on Facebook Live, and he showed me around his um his basement. It's basically an origin. Uh, museum. He calls it the Origin Museum, and now he he has got everything under the sun. He has got hold of all Ultima goodies. I'm talking original merch. I'm talking the only. F- He's got original files from Bioshock and everything. Uh, Bi- Bioforce, not Bioshock. My bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Wing Commander. I mean, it's incredible. He is ob- he is definitely Origin's biggest fan. Now Origin aren't around anymore, sadly. But oh man, he 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 was a big help for me today uh, for this podcast. Yeah. And he sent me, I don't know if we can put it onto the, um, hope we can add it to the, to the show notes, but he sent me a really cool, uh, YouTube clip, a kind of behind the scenes video. Remind um, me to add that in yeah, the pod yeah. notes. But it's a behind, it's a really short video, but it's a behind the scenes video and it showed, um, Ken Demarest showing the techniques developed for the game. Um, and, um, the person actually in the, in, in the suit for the game was someone called Star Long. Yeah, now, Star Long that you mentioned earlier. I did. And at yeah. the time, Star Long, and, you know, he was like a quality tester, I think, for Origin. But I tell you what, guys, he's gone to bigger and um, brighter things, 100%. He's, he was the lead designer, I think, for Ultima Online. And now he actually works for Lord British himself. Nice. And he's actually agreed. He's on, he's actually agreed to do a future podcast interview of us. So we'll get some real nitty gritties and everything in Origin. So there you go. Nice. So credit to Joe. Um, and he sent me some really cool files, uh, really, really sort of, basically, <clears throat> if you want anything origin based, you talk to Joe. He's, he's been brilliant. Um, I mentioned earlier, we spoke to Ken as well. So we've got a lovely text interview. I asked him this. I said to Ken a few weeks ago, I said, I love Bioforge while growing up. I remember being blown away by the cutting edge 3D graphics. How did you get the opportunity to work on this title? And what were your initial visions for the game? And this is what Ken said. He said, well, I was a complete tech hound and I was unable to perceive limitations. My work with Chris and Rich had gone well and I could work enthusiastically nearly without limits. I had a vision for my tech from the start and that was acknowledged in the hardest part. My vision was, however, limited. I didn't understand the importance of great player experiences from a gameplay perspective. Um, so he's kind of admitting there, actually, and that, that takes some guts that... It, he enjoyed making the game, but he didn't always see the players sort of gameplay yeah, experience. No, he's in just it. testing the, the yeah. technology. Yeah, the technology what is can do. Yeah. Um, which yeah. is important because that's where you break ground for it. Yeah. So. And 
I like Bioforge a lot, but I think it's fair. The gameplay is not perfect. It's clunky. It's sometimes the the combat's annoying. You know, it could, could you play it now? I mean, I, I don't. I had a quick look just to see if it was on Steam. It's not on Steam. It's on so. GOG. It's on GOG. Is it? It's on GOG.com, Yeah. How have people found it playing it now? Though <laughs> um, mixed, if I'm being honest, some people say they still love it. Some people say it's you know it's not as easy as it used to be. Um, We've become too used to games that play well. Now. Possibly, um, possibly, possibly. Um, I mean, it's it certainly deserves, I think, a more more credit than it's got. Actually, if I'm being honest, mm. um, why do you think actually it didn't sell very well? Why do you think it, it's not as known? Because it was included in all of the pieces. <laughs> Did they include that in the sales figures for it or not? Bother. Well, I don't know. It's a good question. Because I suppose people wouldn't bother if they just think no, if they already owned it. Because yeah, it why would they PC. buy it again? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't think it, it kind of got great reviews then. Um, it's fa- favorable reviews. I'll tell you the main reason, really, it was you need a really beast of a PC to play it. That's it, I suppose. And you it, wouldn't, a lot of people wouldn't have had the, the top spec PC. And to time, play. time you could afford a really spot, uh, you know, a top PC. Maybe that's when you get the Resident Evils and stuff, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the main reason. So it did kind of bypass a lot of people. Right. I asked, um, Ken as well. So Bioforge. Is the first ever game to showcase fully 3D and texture map characters. How did you manage to pull off such an amazing feat and help change the look and feel of so many future video games? And he said here, well, I just imagined it and started building. I stood on the shoulders of giants, including Paul Isaac and the entire Strike Commander team. I researched quaternarians uh, um, for the limb motion and built a real-time motion capture rig using the flock of birds. But I, I stink at maths. Thank goodness for Lance Grooms, who was there to save me. <laughs> I like Ken. He's quite humble, you isn't he? We need a mathematician. We need a Kev there, right? We need a Kev yeah, on the old <laughs> maths, dear. I do love maths. Exactly. <laughs> so a bit more stuff about the technical details. So Bioforge it uses a software-only 3D engine to draw polygonal, polygonal objects and characters against pre-rendered backgrounds and fixed resolutions of up to 256 colours. There is a mature and gory atmosphere and scenery. Um, and Bioforge is definitely a sci-fi game, but it's, um, I'd say it's quite almost horror-based as well. Oh, do yeah, oh, yeah definitely. Yeah. It's very dark sci-fi, very interesting. Um, it's mortifying in places. Hence, yeah. hence the fact him grabbing a limb and beating someone up and saying, we could be friends. But and that's the first five minutes. doing that kind of thing. And like, oh, yeah. oh, that's an introduction for a game. Is, you know. And, there are other NPCs knocking about and enemies, but it's quite lonely. It's it's, it's quite um, you know, there's not Makes a lot. You feel isolated. I oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So there's only a few enemies, and they're deranged lunatics here and dead bodies. So it really does kind of give that sort of foreboding sort of feel to the mm-hmm. game. Um, and I was quite young playing this. I must have been sort of thirteen. Did you 14. cry, geez? <laughs> I didn't Did cr- you cry? I wouldn't say I cried. <laughs> Could you sleep when you went to bed? Don't know <laughs> you were sick and sleep. Must not sever my arm and hit people with it. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> you just found, oh, just found a limb. This is brilliant. So I've got some more technical details here. As a character gets more and more injured in combat, wounds and blood appear on the model, which also limp or move awkwardly indicating its overall health effects that diminish when the player regains health so a little touch there if you hadn't killed that nurse bot then you know maybe you wouldn't could you imagine that nurse bot could have been could have been your sort of ally throughout the nurse bot would have been your ally (laughs) and laser blaster beams deflect intelligently off metal surfaces in scenes often bouncing multiple times before dissipating so or dissipating um so yeah bioforge pioneered quanterium based skeletal animation 
with Poe's interpoliation and interchangeable skeletons. This would later become a common technique in 3D computer and video games. So <laughs> I've got here, so 1996 Resident Evil, uh, they definitely use several gameplay mechanics um, that I think BioForge really put in place. So I don't know if it's ever been highlighted that, that this game's been inspiration, but I would not be surprised if it did help it. Mm. What do you reckon? Is that a bold claim? Yeah. Uh, and again, guys, I just um, I also asked Ken, how do you personally reflect back on BioForge and what's creating the cutting-edge 3D graphics for this title, your proudest moment in gaming? And he said, I probably liked creating the reflective suit hack the most. But my product, uh, my proudest moment was probably shipping the RTS Netstorm years later, which I haven't played Netstorm. All right. But that's his, that's his biggest thing there. No, uh, I've heard of Netstorm, but no, not played it. There you go. Look, Ken was a real, a real honor to talk to, a very sort of humble man. I think, you know, he deserves a lot of credit for creating Bioforge, mm-hmm. uh, but he, he, he's quite, quite chilled out about it or he's quite you know humble about it so definitely read the rest of the interview especially if you're fans of wing commander and ultimate he goes into a lot more detail there as well nice there you go it's a good read reviews we spoke earlier how do you think this game was perceived i kind of you said generally favorable general, i did say that but no um, actually it's, it's kind of 78 percent yeah i've got here so pc gamer nominated bioforge as it's 1995 best adventure game so it was nominated but it didn't win the accolade what game do you think beat Bioforge is the best adventure game for that year. In 95? I know. I don't think you'll get it. There's no point me guessing then. I'm going to be able to pick games from 95. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Well, I think, I personally think it's a bit of a travesty, but the, the game that beat Bioforge was Beavis and Butthead in Virtual Stupidity. I beg your pardon? Which, no. I mean, be- Beavis and Butthead was big <laughs> at the time, so. <laughs> to be fair, no, to be fair, it is a, Beavis and Butthead is a surprisingly good point-click adventure game, actually. It, it really, okay, I'll, it I'll, surprisingly I'll... is, but, is it really as good as Bioforge? I would probably say no, but there you go. But you're a Bioforge um, super fan, so you know, <laughs> yeah, it's true. you're a bit biased. Yeah, true, true, true. Um, here we go. So Next Generation reviewed the PC version of the game, the, the only version of the game, there you go, rating it three stars out of five and stated that Origin created an experience with a more cinematic feel and much more interaction than any other interactive movie on the market. So a bit weird. They gave it three out of five, but there you go. Um, and so my final question on Bioforge for Ken was this Bioforge was rightly praised by critics uh, in the most part but struggled to find a real audience why do you feel the game never really took off and gained the recognition it probably deserved so here we go Ken said the gameplay wasn't good this was my personal limitation as much as anything else I was all tech all the time Jack Herman made a fantastic story in the campy style I wanted Bruce Lemons and many other made incredible art. The animators did the, did the best they could with the tech at the time. I'm proud of them. If I had to do it all again, I would emphasize player experience and cam- gameplay as the first discipline. And I think credit to him because that's yeah. very, very honest. Mm. And I think, you know, he basically he's, saying that the gameplay sucks. Yeah, but I think <laughs> yeah. to, to be able to, to kind of admit your own mm-hmm. mistakes and yeah. whatnot, and I think, you know, and I do think he did a very good job with the 3D elements of this game and whatnot, and the modern yeah. rendering. And I slightly disagree with Ken a little bit, because when I played the game, you know, I'm not saying it was like uh, amazing gameplay, but it never really affected my experience that much. I kind of just sort of took it on the chin, if that makes sense. It was part of the game. 
that kind of slow fighting style. It was just part of the game. You, 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 cyborgs are going to be slow, aren't they? If they've uh, got hello, like, metal Res- limbs. Uh, hello, Rise of the Robots. <laughs> yeah, they're slow. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, you was a bit more forgiving in those days, I think. Like these days, yeah. you'd expect it to oh, yeah. do a lot of things. But back in the day, you probably wouldn't, would it, yeah, would have yeah. forgiven it. Yeah, if, if if something wooed you visually, yeah, back in the mid nineties, course you would. Yeah, you'd be like, well, right. I'll keep playing this. Screw it, I'll keep playing <laughs> it. Yeah. Now I've got two sort of magazine reviews here, a bit more depth, and they're they're very different. Um, I've got one from Coming Soon Magazine. Have I heard of that magazine? What? <laughs> I don't know either. Coming soon. Coming soon magazine. Coming Not- soup. Coming come soon. So oh, I imagine it's like these games are coming soon, kind of thing. Oh, very no, good. So- I apologize. If anyone from Coming Soon is listening to this, I apologize. I've never heard of you. <laughs> well, they awarded the game 91%. And they said, imagine a game such as Alone, Alone in the Dark with texture mapping. Moving in a three-dimensional rendered world with a scenario worth being used for a movie. Bioforge from Origin is this kind of game with even more to offer. Nice. Unfortunately, Just Games Retro... I haven't heard of Just Games Retro either. In 2004, so you know, I guess this is like nine years later, though. They they were a little bit more unforgiving. They gave it 70. percent They said Bioforge is a decent enough game, but one that can't transcend what it's lacking. It has interesting and logical puzzles, but far too few of them. It focuses on awkward combat more than most adventure games would. But even if this is sparse, as the game itself is over all too soon. Here is um, a question, sorry. Yeah. Um, retro in 2004, so nine years on. Yeah. When does something become retro? Because we're talking about <laughs> oh this God, now. Don't oh, God. Don't have oh, no. I just stumbled on something you talked before. Yeah. yeah, you missed us talking about this. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. I just think nine years is a little bit too soon. Yeah. This is probably a bit too soon. <laughs> but then people would disagree with us. They'd be like, well, well, well. Well, I'll well, finish off the it says, it review. It says here, it short changes itself on its own plot, which starts out engaging but melts away, as if Origin lost confidence in it and decided to replace it with more combat challenges instead. If there actually was a sequel that this game keeps leading up to, Bioforge would be far more recommended. In its current state, it plays like reading only a third of a book. Interesting enough, but ultimately disappointing as it as it goes nowhere. Now, harsh, but there's elements of truth in that review. The game did finish quite quickly. Um, you can finish the game in just over two hours, which, you know, let's be honest, is a quick game. But there was always plans for a sequel. Oh. So we'll come to that very, very soon. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it now. Now, Bioforge was a big project you know uh, two years to make a sequel was actually designed so bioforge 2 rather originally it was going to be called was designed <laughs> and the team were working on the art when the project was halted and it just it was it was stopped really because sales weren't big enough it wasn't popular enough unfortunately. sales of the first one yeah. weren't big enough. and i think during that time for origin around 95 96 it was quite a slow time for the company and they had a few Mm. poor poor sales I'm sure Bioforge kind of links into that so they had to sort of cut back a bit on projects but interesting Bioforge Plus now I've mentioned that Bioforge has got its its pluses it's got some minuses Origin started to work on an enhanced version and a slightly extended version of this game uh-huh. called Bioforge Plus. Hold on, you said pluses and minuses. Is there a Bioforge minus? <laughs> yeah, where's Bioforge minus? 
I'm sure you've done that joke in IK Plus Pod, but yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> IK Minus. Oh, dear. Oh, so, yeah. I love this, guys. Origin actually started work on a special edition of Bioforge entitled Bioforge Plus. This new version of the game had extra sections continuing on from when the original version left off. And this is the original description. So it wasn't going to be a whole new game. It was going to be the same game, slightly longer, but improved experience. So what would you do to to the game if you had a chance to sort of rehash it and re-improve it? What do you reckon? Before I give you a few details of what they were planning to do. Well, on reflection, it sounds like improved, you know, playability. Okay. So I feel like they make it more like Fade to Black. So not, not fixed camera angles as such, maybe like a roaming... That, no, but that would be changing the game a lot, wouldn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, think? all right. Um, quicker roundhouse kicks? <laughs> yes. <that's laughs> two, <what> two seven <laughs> arms? <laughs> yeah, so you, get like four, two, you can beat the guy with two with both of his arms. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that was almost included. Almost now, made the cut. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, it says here, the work, the work of research ar- archaeologists has been interrupted by the uh, mach- machinations... Uh, of the scheming scientist who, who plans to use the advanced alien technology for his own ends. Only your advanced skills give you hope of survival. As the moon at Dadis explodes, you discover, discover the Black Raven, a ship sent by the Ministry of Security to spy on the Mondite base. It's going to be that kind of day. It's a good thing you're still angry. The adventure is far from over. So it carries on, actually, from the, the finishing credits. You actually enter this ship, and the plot continues. Nice. And the features... They were going to add on to the game from the start would be an automatic tracker. So it, so it shows locations of most enemy life forms. So I guess you can see where enemies are, you know, some sort of map scheme, uh, I would assume. Also, better energy sources. So you, you do, do uh, die quite easily. More powerful weapons. Improved combat. New, gig. A new superior ship. And my favorite bit, a gauntlet feature. Gauntlet? Now, do you tell? They have, it's, it's on YouTube. There's, 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 there's actually the, the sort of clip of uh, Bioforge Plus, the new intro. And they've only got one bit of gameplay footage showing off the gauntlet feature. Now, this is not part of the story. This is almost like a bonus part of, of the game. What do you think I mean by the gauntlet feature? Um, it's just him trying to run past loads of guys trying to attack him, or you've just got to plow through as many it's, bad guys as possible? It's basically a two, it's just, it's a one on one fighting game. So you're playing what? as you're playing as cyborg, and you can fight other people. So it's like Rise of the it's Robots. Rise of the Robots, <laughs> yeah. But three a D. Now a three a D. Did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> now obviously with this, this three a D. Three a D. There, there's not two much. Nine. <laughs> it's three it's a it, dimensions. I've seen clips of it. It's it looks okay. It's like a three D room. Um, you, 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 you fight a cyborg. I don't know if you can change characters really, but you, I think it's a two-player game actually. And you just use your very slow combat. It's maybe a bit faster, and you Round can fight each other. Roundhouse kick. Roundhouse kick. <laughs> so that, unfortunately, that improve roundhouse no, kick. That's too quick. <laughs> it's too quick. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I said, guys, BioForge did not sell as well as EA wanted, so BioForge Plus was also cancelled. Now, I, I think that's a big shame because if they can iron out a few of the errors of the game, a few, a few of the poor parts, it could, it could have been groundbreaking. And I think I, Bioforce Plus, I think, 
it's the sort of game that Dylan, you would have picked up, right? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Give me. I mean, the thing is, to break ground, I suppose this game just needs to get into the right people's hands, yeah. right? Because yeah. this is a building block to something else. Sure. So by developing this, they pass it on to other developers who get the inspiration and, and skills. And It sounds like something that should have happened at the time was that they ported it to the PlayStation 1, refined the the tank controls and everything else, and it should have been released on the PlayStation. But, yeah, if they were only doing PC stuff, then they're only doing PC stuff. But the original PlayStation, I think that would have been brilliant. The old Bioforge. Oh, yeah. Tined up. I added the extra bits it needed. It's true. I've I've got a feeling it was still only going to be made for the PC, but who knows? Um, It was never completed, so I guess we'll never know for certain. We'll never know. Um, And and talking about Joe again, he's if if he doesn't have it, it's not there. And he told me he doesn't have the code for... Uh, Bioforge Plus, unfortunately. Um, but he's got everything else. He's got original art, the original files. And he was telling me, actually, apparently, GOG, they actually stole his his work, but didn't credit him. They said, oh, look, look what we found, sort of bonus work for Bioforge. They've done that a few times to people. <laughs> well, <laughs> poor Joe, he, said, he actually said to me, if you acknowledge me on this pod, you, you're more than happy to use what I throw you away. And he's given me some, so many good files. So... What I've said to him is, look, Joe, you're the biggest Origin fan out there. Let's do a super fan interview, a text interview. We can add this all original um, uh, IP. Done. It's quite, it's been quite incredible read, actually. This guy knows his stuff. I tell you that for free. So watch his space. Go. Yeah, watch his space. So hopefully it, we can have a follow up interview with him. Right. Um, oh, one final question with Ken actually before we go. Did you? I asked him this. Did you personally start work on the BioForce sequel? And do you feel disappointed this game was never completed? Now, Ken says, I left to found a little game startup before that happened. I was pretty disappointed with Origin and EA's choices around the sequel. Having said that, it didn't make enough money for them to emphasize it. So it sounds like it, it would have been a game without Ken's stamp of approval mm-hmm. or even, in, you know, at work. So maybe, maybe it's for the best, possibly. We, you know, who knows? But, I mean, he struggled with his own experience during that game. So. Potentially, they were trying to bring more playability to it, but he wanted to go down that technical route. I don't know. Possibly. Possibly. It sounds like he drove that technical... Yeah. He's a clever I think man. it was an important thing at the time, actually. Yeah, I think. yeah but see, I, but, I wonder what money exchanged hands in that, obviously, in the bundle, the bundling in the, the game with the, yeah. with the PC, because mm. it does show off what the PC can do. But what was the, what was the other game that came with it? High Octane. Oh, I suppose that would as well. That would, yeah. Like a, it's like a wipeout sort of game, isn't it? A bit good 3D graphics back then. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Hmm. Just to sort of finish up, I, I, I share a bit more feedback from that DOS game in the Facebook group and Twitter. Oh, it went, oh, da- it went down on Twitter, I'll tell you that. But let's start with uh, the, the DOS game in Facebook group. So, um, oh man, I'll, some of these people's names I'm not going to pronounce correctly, so I really do apologise. We've got Hussy or Jussi. And he said, beating someone dead with his own hand, always satisfying, <laughs> if I recall correctly. But it could be previous life too, so maybe it's in that game as well. I'm starting to worry about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and we got uh, Latande, so I hope I pronounced it right. He said, aside from some scenes near the end, the flying, the timed events of a bomb, he t- I totally love this game. So sad that he didn't finish the sequel. Chris Parker, different Chris Parker. Not, not our friend Chris Parker. <laughs> not our friend Chris but he Parker. said, awesome game by origin. Simple. Um, I'm not going to say, I'm going to, Mr. Vanderberg. I'm not going to say your first name. I can't pronounce it. Mr. Vanderberg. Mr. Vanderberg. He says, one of my favorites. 
Always love ancient alien stories. Just a shame that it's a bit awkward to play, and I would have loved a sequel. That sounds like a very kind of spot on review, actually. Short and sharp. Good old Brent Bertram, he says, yup, great game. If I could have a 3D accelerated version of it, it would have been out of this world. My computer struggled with it a bit, but I still played it. This and Cyber Mage were really cool. There you go. So you need some really good PC. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie Newton simply said, loved it, cracking atmosphere, many missed it at the time because it really needed a monster PC to run smoothly. It makes me quite uh, gracious <laughs> that I got such a good oh PC back then. Oh my God, yeah. Hey you, man, you work, well, I was going to say you worked hard on your paper round, <laughs> but it sounds like you just dumped all your papers. Well, so no, not every maybe week. Maybe not, I don't know. <laughs> um, like I said, we say that quite a few months. He did get, I remember, because you remember like, a couple of times we'd stay over at his house. Yes. And in the morning, we'd see the delivery. Like, there <laughs> yeah. was a lot of papers there. There was. It was I mean, a big you couldn't deal. have been expected to deliver all those Not papers. Not every yeah. week. Yeah. That, that was, was like, you know. I had a paper round and it was it, putting the leaflets in the papers. That was the hardest. Oh, it was God, actually. Yeah. Why didn't they put the bloody leaflets in the papers? <laughs> so frustrating. You'd sit there for hours. But the more leaflets, the more pay. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, and the more Bioforge. There you go. More Bioforge <laughs> and more PC. Um, Gavin, uh, good old Gavin, he said here, bought it when it first came out, started the game, went to the next room, saw an arm lying on the ground, pick up an arm. The game's audio goes, a severed arm in a stoic voice. That's what he said. <laughs> a, 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 severed a, severed, a severed arm. A severed arm. A severed arm. Um, Jared Robb, he said, I had it. The core shutdown thing was the worst part. I was looking forward to Bioforge Plus, but it never came out. Now, actually, the core shutdown bit is towards the end of the game. It's that sort of time puzzle. I think you have to detonate a bomb. You have to run to another bit of, of the screen and so forth. And if you don't time, you don't do it at the right time, you can't do it. And it is really fiddly. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. I remember playing that bit back, back in the time. And it was really hard to do, I have to say. And finally, we got uh, of the Facebook group, we got here, Damon, Damon White he said, I just learned your identity in game is determined by your actions. What? <laughs> what? Question mark. <laughs> what? Yeah, which is pretty cool. I didn't realize at the time when I was playing it back in 95, 96, I didn't know that was the case. I just sort of plod along. When he says he just learned, was it just learned through the comments on this page? Um, I, maybe. Because I mean, that, that would be quite frustrating if like, what? 20, how many years on? 25 years on? No, you do the maths. Oh, yeah, 24 years on. You <laughs> just on. learned that this game that you maybe really enjoyed as a kid had different <laughs> endings. I don't know. Damn it. <laughs> like, go back and play it. it. Where exactly. is it? Where is it? Right, Twitter. Oh, this is where things really hot oh, up a no, little Twitter. bit. No, I don't want to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do you it. You tagged that guy who I didn't even have. Should we hear the story? So in Twitter, we'll start, we'll start, we'll save the best for last. So White Ninja Studio. He said, um, very good game with a mature content. Can't disagree with that. DOSGames.com. Remember, this is DOSGames.com. Mm-hmm. He said, I've heard good things about it, but I've never played it. So I guess that's confirmation of your thesis that the game is a hidden gem. I did say that originally. It doesn't get a... Uh, thesis or thesis? You tell me. Thesis. <laughs> <laughs> and Richard Pickles. I like Richard. He's a, he's a cool guy. He said, I love Bioforge. With this, wish the sequel hadn't been cancelled so it wasn't left on a cliffhanger at the end of the game. The sequel's intro and a bit of the footage from the gauntlet mode did make it to YouTube, which I spoke about. It's mm-hmm. worth checking out, actually. Please remind me to put that in the show notes. <laughs> I will. Now, I, I said it was, uh, yeah, so we've already had DOSGames.com, but this is DOSGaming at CD underscore DOS underscore gaming. They said, wait, what? I'm confused. Why, why am I here? Who's tagged me? <laughs> <laughs> and then I, 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 
I didn't reply to him straight away. I think it was a few hours. He said, people still not answering me. I, I, then I replied. <laughs> he said, no, no, Dylan, he said, I feel like a crazy old man who just woke up. <laughs> I'm up for being in a random podcast by random fellow <laughs> classic people. So I think he's woke up in Bioforge. He hasn't worked out his identity. <laughs> oh, and then Dylan, you replied luckily. Cause yeah. <laughs> you said here, um, sorry, mate. I think Adrian tagged you because your Twitter handle <laughs> suggests you might have an opinion on Bioforge. We read out tweet responses in the podcast. <laughs> we totally read that out. <laughs> so I, 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 I felt guilty. So I started to move over. I just said, sorry, DOS Gaming. I assumed of your cool name, you may have a groovy opinion on Bioforge. No malice or skullduggery intended. <laughs> so apologies to uh, DOS Gaming. But no, he came back. He said, never played it. Was always more into adventure games. Now, this is a bit mean of me. I actually said to him. Is it a adventure game? I said, technically, it is a 3D adventure game. <laughs> um, a little bit like Alone in the Dark. But if you mean the, the trusted point and click genre, then yes, Bioforge is quite different. I have covered a few LucasArts games in previous ones. Feel free to check it out. Um, and he just said, yeah, Sierra Games were the stuff. <laughs> oh, bless him. Um, Inadvertent trolling by you. Sorry, sorry, CD DOS Gaming. I, I like him. And actually, he's, I've, I've actually chatted a little bit on Face up on Twitter now, and I think we're we're good buddies again. It sounds so like you gave him a rude awakening. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, um, that was a funny Twitter exchange. Anyway, anyway look, guys, Bioforge. It, it's um, it's not really compatible with Windows XP, um, but you can apparently play it on DOSBox PC emulators. Get it on um, GOG, I suppose. Oh yeah, and you can get it on GOG as well if you want to play it. But just shake your fist oh. whilst you play it, uh, stealing Joe's stuff. Yeah, look, again, you know, and Joe's pretty cool about it. But credit if, if you if you get something off someone, credit them at least. That's all we yeah. got to say in it. Um, but anyway, look, guys, Bioforge. That is my summary. I haven't probably done it justice, but it's well worth checking out. At least watch a walkthrough because it's it's. I think it's a game that changed. Uh, future 3D uh, games actually, and it really pushed it pushed the PC to its limits and the genre actually. So adventure games really moved on a notch after Bioforge. So um, it's a great game, not perfect, but well worth checking out. So Bioforge out. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else, you can tweet us at Arcade Attack UK at KeithBarlow82 and at Arcade underscore Adriano. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash UK. Please check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness, interviews, reviews, features, top 10, etc. And you can also find all our previous podcasts there. Our podcasts are available to stream from the website and are available to download for free from Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes where you can also leave us a review and a rating, which we would really, really appreciate. So until next time, take care and we'll speak to you soon.